Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm your host, Jenna Norman. I've got a ton of vaccine stuff for you guys today. Very vaccine heavy, lots and lots of videos, which I'm sure you enjoy more than listening to my voice. Um, But quickly, let's do um, the old people thing where I talk about the weather for a few minutes. Uh, Weird, very weird weather here in central New York. It has been in the 50s and 60s and sunny. Um, going back to, you know, this previous week in February, which is pretty much unheard of. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it was in the 50s or 60s, beautiful weather. I went for a walk at work. All the college students were out. Beautiful day. The following day on Thursday, we get almost two feet of snow and the winds were so bad that I came home from work on Wednesday, no power, didn't get power back on until about 3.30 in the morning. Um, This is why everyone should have a generator and have a second source of heat, because if in the winter and your heat goes out, you have no way to heat your home, have a second source of of heat. Um, And there was people in our town that didn't get power back until almost Friday afternoon. So it was pretty crazy. And then the following day on Friday, it was back up to like 45, 50 degrees. I don't know. Very strange weather we're having here, Um, which brings me into a quick topic on chemtrails or cloud seeding. Um, This was one of the very first rabbit holes I went down. Um, The very first one was GMOs in our food. And that just, you know, sent me down the rabbit hole and opened up so many other things that I was unaware of um, in the earlier years of my life. Um, 10, 15 years later, you know, still banging the vaccine drum, but so many things I've uncovered where basically our government just hates us and wants to poison us. And um, about the cloud seeding thing or the chemtrails, uh, they're real. And is that what they're doing to us here to have this crazy weather? I have no idea, but I kind of want to do a podcast on that. I know my friend Shannon Joy, she's going to be doing a podcast this coming week on um, chemtrails and cloud seeding. So you should go check that out. Very interesting stuff, how they um, are manipulating our weather. Um, So all right. So on today's show, we're going to talk about self-spreading vaccines. Um, Senator Ron Johnson held a roundtable discussion called Federal Health Agencies and the COVID Cartel. I got a ton of videos from that roundtable. We're going to talk about um, DEI and healthcare and why that's a bad thing. And then we've got a huge illegal alien problem, which I'm sure you're all aware of. And then I've got a bunch of headlines. And um, one of the biggest stories this week is investigative journalist uh, Steve Baker had to turn himself into the FBI for being a journalist at um, January 6th. Um, So there's a big story about that that we'll get into at the end. So let's dive right in because I've got a ton of stuff. Some of these videos are kind of long. Let's start out with the self-spreading vaccines. This was, um, they talked about this on Dell Big Trees, or the High Wire, Dell Big Trees podcast, the High Wire. Um, It says, warning, self-spreading vaccines are approaching fast. This technology was almost ready to be deployed for COVID-19. So don't think that global health authorities wouldn't use it in the event of another pandemic, which we know they're already talking about the next one. Um, the only thing stopping this mass use of this technology is a pesky thing known as informed consent. But do you think they actually care about that? 
not a chance. Um, the whole idea behind self-spreading vaccines is grounded in circumventing behavioral barriers. Just listen to their own words. Uh, quote, infectious disease control faces significant challenges, including how to therapeutically target the highest risk populations, circumvent behavioral barriers, and overcome pathogen persistence and resistance mechanisms. Unquote. The U.S. military and DARPA have also been researching self-spreading vaccines with DARPA exploring antivirals to evolve in real time against new viral strains. However, if a self-spreading vaccine mutates in any unforeseen way, it could potentially pose grave risks for the entire population. Attorney Aaron Siri issued this statement on the matter, quote, what might even be the biggest victim if they ever release this thing is going to be civil individual rights, unquote. And then he also said, quote, here, they're going to release a product where you're going to have no choice effectively, but to take it. This is the ultimate crushing of individual and civil rights. Um, so this is a major breach of medical ethics and totally eliminates informed consent. The thing is, informed consent already does not exist. Um, for all the vaccines that are out there, even the ones on the childhood schedule, true informed consent is not given to parents. They hand you this little pamphlet that gives you like these bullet points from the pharmaceutical companies to tell you how safe and effective the vaccines are when they are not. And then with the COVID vaccine, there was no informed consent either. There wasn't even an insert that told you what the ingredients were for the COVID-19 vaccine. And they didn't tell you that it changes your DNA. No one gets informed consent. And it's the same thing with SSRIs and these all these pills that these doctors put you on, specifically the SSRIs. They don't tell you that there's a higher chance that you're um, going to have homicidal and suicidal thoughts, or that if you ever decide to get off of them, the withdrawals are going to be absolutely horrendous. And this goes for the same as them putting fluoride in city water. There, there's no informed consent with that. So it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Um, and we also know that vaccines shed. So is the shedding actually the self-spreading vaccine? Is that like, did that already happen with the COVID-19 vaccine? I don't know. Um, the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause on this is how would the people that are pushing this technology avoid getting, quote unquote, vaccinated themselves? Do they have an anti-vaccine or do they want to, like, you know, shoot themselves up with this stuff? I, it's hard to say. Some of these movie stars and athletes and politicians, it's kind of hard to say if some of them got the vaccine or didn't get the vaccine. And they all told people that they did. But did they really? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, but this is super creepy. And I've read that they're putting vaccines, quote unquote, vaccines in our food as well. So I, I have no idea if they come out with this self-spreading vaccine. Are they like they're already spraying stuff like I talked about earlier in our air that we're being exposed to? Do you really like I don't put this past them um, or it's possibly already here and we just don't even know it. We're the most unhealthiest country in the entire world. This doesn't surprise me. And our government is just so, so evil. Um, so I uh, grow your own food. 
um, get meat and, you know, dairy and stuff like that from people that you know, local farmers. But this is 100% bio-warfare. And I don't know if they decide that they want to do this, if there's any way we can stop this. Because, whoops, there's a lab leak and it goes out into the air. I mean, how, how do we stop that? And how do we even begin to think that we can stop something like that? Um So, wow, that was a downer. Sorry about that. All right, moving on. These are fantastic videos I'm going to share with you. Um, So like I said, Senator Ron Johnson, who seems to be the only person in the Senate who gives a crap about what these vaccines have done to people, um, he held a roundtable called Federal Health Agencies and the COVID Cartel. What are they hiding? They had Dr. Harvey Reich, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Jessica Rowe. You, I can't wait to have you listen to her video. She is one powerful chick. Um, Ed Dowd, Kevin McKernan, Brett Weinstein, Lara Logan. Great roundtable of smart, smart people. Um, so I'm going to play a handful of these videos for you because I really believe they need to be heard. The first one I'm going to play for you is Kevin McKernan. He's the founder of Medical Genomics from MIT. Um And he's going to talk to you about the DNA contamination of these vaccines. All right, let me start it over. Thank you, Senator Johnson. Uh, Very much appreciate you giving this audience. Uh, Many of this audience have been subjected to uh, years of censorship on this topic. Uh, What I want to talk to you today is about the DNA contamination that our team at Medicinal Genomics discovered in the mRNA vaccines. We're specifically speaking about Pfizer and Moderna in this case. Um, This work has been replicated by many labs around the world. Uh, And now the FDA, the EMA, and even Health Canada uh, have admitted to this. Uh, the regulatory agents have admitted that Pfizer also o- omitted the SP40 sequences that are in their vaccine. Um, they deem this contamination to be of little consequence, claiming the DNA is of too little concentration to matter or to be containing DNA of no functional consequence. These statements are false and are not supported by any independent testing by these regulators. After the regulators have admitted to being deceived, they ask the opinion of the party that deceived them how bad was the deception. They shockingly believe the answer they were given, uh, which is that these sequences have no relevance to plasma manufacturing. And as someone who has worked on the Human Genome Project manufacturing millions of plasmids, I can assure you that this is an overt lie. DNA contamination can lead to insertional mutagenesis. This is actually declared in Moderna's own patents regarding mRNA vaccines. This is U.S. patent 10,898,574. This is also supported by LIM et al., which speaks to the rate of spontaneous integration in the genome during transfection. We are using transfection, after all, with LMPs. The SV40 DNA is, in fact, functioning. It is published as a potent gene therapy tool in a nuclear targeting sequence, as described by David Dean et al. The SV40 promoter DNA it's also known to bind to the tumor suppressor gene known as P53. This is described by Draymond et al. The DNA contains the promoter for the antibiotic resistance gene in this plasmid as well. No plasmid manufacturing can occur without a promoter for the antibiotic resistance gene, so it is clearly functional and key to plasmid manufacturing despite the FDA's comments on this topic. The DNA quantity in many vials is over the 10 nanogram per dose limit, but it does vary substantially between lots. Uh, when we use both qPCR and fluorometry, these differences, uh, these two t- tools give us different answers. This should be a concern that they're allowed to cherry pick between these different tools. Moderna's own patents, U.S. patent 10,077439, teaches that qPCR underestimates the quantity of this contamination, and the DNA regulators are once again allowing them to cherry pick between these different measurement tools. 
DNA guidelines used to be a thousandfold lower before the NCVI Act was established, which provided liability protection for some pharmaceutical companies. The limits were devised based on the 10-minute half-life of DNA in the blood, naked DNA in the blood. This DNA contamination is not naked. It's protected in lipid nanoparticles, which delivers this DNA to cells, which should arguably have limits set to the ones prior to the NCVIA. Uh, we have since found Pfizer lots, um, 1F1042A, that are at least tenfold over any lot we've measured before uh, with PCR, which is known to underestimate this quantity. For those not familiar with PCR, uh, you may have received CT scores of 35 that called you positive for COVID. We're seeing CT scores of 13 on the DNA that you're injecting into children. Uh, we've applied these vaccines to some cancer cell lines and have evidence that it enters the cell and can survive several cell divisions. We have preliminary evidence, although this requires replication in other labs, that this DNA can integrate into, into the genome. We found two spike sequence integration events in ovarian cancer cell lines off CAR3 into chromosome 12 and 19 very recently. Since these vaccines were expected to only contain mRNA, they were never assessed for genotoxicity studies. These studies are therefore being conducted as guinea pigged U.S. citizens, as we witnessed an unprecedented rise in cancer drug sales since the vaccines rolled out. In summary, the vaccine manufacturer's own patents teach that the methods being used to monitor this DNA are not fit for purpose. Their patents teach the insertion of mutagenesis risks present in LMP-based mRNA vaccines. The only people who are in denial of these facts are the regulators who are routinely hired to work for these very pharmaceutical companies. Two of these regulators resigned over the wanton approval of these vaccines for young patients who do not benefit from them. It is time for our representatives to repeal or review the Padupa Act of 1992. This act allows regulators to defray the costs of regulation by accepting payments directly from the companies they regulate. For half of the FDA's budget is sourced through this act. They cannot be voted into office, they cannot be voted out, but they can approve dangerous library-free mandated vaccines these policies have harmed the public, torn our country apart, as immune nurses are forced to choose between their jobs and useless and even dangerous vaccines. DNA contamination was not part of any, any informed consent process, and many universities still mandate these shots based on the guidance and approval of our regulators who have become nothing less than a marketing division of the companies they regulate. Thank you for the time. So, Mr. McKiernan, in layman's terms, what is the danger of this DNA contamination? I uh, you know fact checkers said it can't get into the cell, can't can't uh, get into the nucleus. Address that, of course, if you would. Uh, so yes, the fact checkers have been continually wrong throughout the last uh, year. This has gone on. They initially claimed this could not get into the cells. Um, first, they claimed it wasn't there. Now the FDA and the regulators have admitted it's in fact there. Then they claimed it wouldn't get into the cells. We've now shown that in fact. That is the case, as expected. Anything that's inside of a lipid nanoparticle, one would expect to get into a cell. Um, now that we're starting to see early signs of DNA integration, you know, the, the DNA alone may not be the cause of cancer. Uh, I think it may be a contributor. But usually, cancer requires a multiple hit hypothesis. So you need to have weakened immune systems like lymphocytopenia, which these shots do deliver. Um, you might need some suppression from p53 or BRCA1, which there are publications showing that the spike protein su suppresses those genes. And if you added an increased mutagenesis rate, uh, well, all three of those things can create a perfect storm that may be driving the cancer that we're currently seeing. The FDA does allow a certain level, certain percentage of DNA in normal vaccines. This is different type of DNA, though, correct? That is, that's a very good point. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So th those regulations were written when vaccines were grown in eggs and in other cell cultures, where the contaminating DNA was genomic DNA of the cell line that was present in the in, in the vector of the host. 
this is very high copy number of DNA of a, a gene therapy vector, which has these nuclear targeting sequences and has DNA in it that replicates inside of a million cells. So when it gets into the cell, it can make more of itself. That's a very different contamination um, than what they considered when they wrote those 10 nanogram regulations. They also wrote those 10 nanogram regulations under the, the pretense of a 10-minute half-life of naked DNA in the blood, and we now have that DNA protected in lipid nanoparticles. And of course, they have raised those guidelines over the last decade, a thousandfold. So we've really come to, I think, the end of the road of how much DNA we can tolerate, considering the tools we have to monitor and measure this are, have never been faster, better, or cheaper. You mentioned the term half-life. One thing I don't think we've brought up yet is how long this mRNA uh, is lasting in the body. I mean, again, we were told, we assumed that this was going to stay in the arm and be dissolved because mRNA is just so delicate that it was going to be, you know, not present in the body past a couple of days. But now we have studies that it's been in the body for at least two months, and we haven't studied beyond that, correct? And yes. just address that, and is that have a component in this DNA contamination? It, it, it does. Um, so many of the studies that are looking at this, um, I'll name a few, Krausen et al. looked at this in the heart and found it 30 days out in the heart. Hannah et al. found this in breast milk. Um, I think they went out a week on, the, on that study. Uh, Castruda looked at this in plasma, was out 28 days. And uh, I think um, uh, outside of that, we're recently seeing it in, uh, in um, uh, pregnant women inside of placenta, which is a, a real serious concern. Uh, we uh, Many of those studies do not differentiate between RNA or DNA, so it could be a combination of both of these things that are contributing to that signal. Um, but DNA is certainly more stable than RNA. Um, they have made modifications to this RNA that makes it last longer, but I think the verdict is still out as to which one has uh, more longevity. Again, thank you, Mr. McKernan. Our next uh, part. Thank you. So that was a lot. Um, that was a lot of information. But a couple of things I wanted to talk about here um, quickly is the informed consent piece of that. They they lied to you. They told you it was going to stay in your arm. And now you have altered your DNA permanently by receiving this vaccine um, or gene therapy. And also the different lot numbers. There's a website you can go on to check how hot is your lot. Um, because some of these lots were placebos. Some of them were contaminated at higher concentrations than others. And they've been able to prove that. So if you want to check your lot number, you can go onto how hot is my lot um dot com to check that out. So that's uh that's that's a lot of terrible information. Um so we're gonna keep on going. Um next is Ed Dowd. He's the author of Cause Unknown Epidemic of Sudden Death. And um, basically, he's saying that the dead bodies are stacking up and you we can't hide them anymore. So I'm going to show you this video. Excess deaths. Um, we wrote methodolo methodology papers on how we calculate them. We three different methods. We prefer the second method. Uh, these can be compared to the actuarial tables from the insurance industry, which saw similar excess death in their group life policy. So these excess deaths are undeniable. What is going on currently is certain governments are now changing how they calculate these numbers. The uh, ONS just announced a change to the calculation methodology for their excess death number, which reduces obviously the excess deaths because they like that result better. Um, we suspected that might happen, so that's why we wrote our methodology papers and published them in, in September of uh, 2022. And, uh, the actuarial tables that the insurance companies use haven't changed. So excess deaths are continuing. The insurance companies 
are seeing the same excess mortality, especially in the, in the working age population. So these deaths are undeniable. This is, you can't, you can't hide the dead bodies, unfortunately. So again, you publish all your information on your, your website. Uh, was it One America? Was that the insurance company? It's kind of the first revelation of this. Uh, was an insurance company out of Indiana? Well, One America, a CEO, Scott Davison, in a chamber of commerce uh, meeting, re revealed that he had seen 40% excess mortality in the uh, millennial age group, uh, uh, 25 through 44. And even as high, actually for 50, uh, 25 through 64. And he said that's 10% increase if he wants in a 200 year flood or a three standard deviation event, 40% was off the charts, just off the charts. And we haven't really heard anything since that point in time, other than from people like you. What, what, because we tried helping you get insurance data and we were just pretty well blocked. The, 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 insurance, the insurance companies, they did not want to cooperate with us and provide us their information. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so what they're doing is, um, unfortunately, there's still a lot of controversy in the insurance industry where a lot of people don't even want to look at the vaccine issue. A lot of these CEOs mandated, got the job themselves, they're in a state of denial. Uh, they have raised prices in group life policy, so the losses are less now. Uh, losses will be coming in whole life policies due to a Byzantine accounting uh, dynamic. So we expect to see uh, reserves taken once they lower their long-term uh, mortality uh, assumptions and uh, or raise their long-term mortality assumptions, I should say. And we'll see losses start running through their P&Ls this year and next. Um, with it, I have whistleblowers and there's been discussions at board level meetings about the continued excess mortality and they dance around every issue uh, except the vaccine, not mentioned. So again, you, you talked about an awful lot of numbers, but you know, my big takeaway is that what you found out is in working age population, there was just an extraordinary increase in de excess deaths and disabilities starting in 2021, not 2020 during pandemic before we had a vaccine, but after the vaccine rollout. I mean, is that pretty much that, 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 that's correct? And that's my thesis as to why the vaccine causes. There was a huge mix shift from old to young starting in 21. Disabilities weren't apparent in 2020. And if you look at the disability numbers and you, you can you can drill down into them, uh, the rate of change for the employed in our country in disabilities between 2021 and 2023 was 38%. So that was a rate of change increase of 38% versus the general U.S. population which has been nine and not in labor force, only 4%. So I encourage everybody to go look at his data and it's indisputable basically. So thank you, Mr. Dowd. Thank you. Excel stats. Ooh, so another uh, heavy information there. Um, the P I feel like everyone that I know, knows someone who has died of cancer, suddenly died, died of a heart attack, died of a stroke, died of a pulmonary embolus, and they're young people in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, and the newest trend is everyone wants to blame all these deaths and these issues on long COVID. Um, it is not long COVID. Uh, maybe we'll go over that next week. But just one study that came out reporting from Epic Health, a study finds majority of patients with long COVID are in fact vaccinated. Um, so this long COVID thing, this is their cover. They're using long COVID as a cover to hide these deaths from the gene therapy. 
So the next one, um, next video I'm going to play for you is Dr. Jessica Rose. Um, man, she, okay, she's an immunologist, biochemist, molecular biologist, and she's going to talk about the vaccine injured. Um, just listen to this lady. She, man, I want to be her friend. <laughs> Hold on just a sec. Let me start this over. Thank you all for attending and caring uh, so much about each other and the injured. Today, I speak for the people injured by the COVID-19 injectable products through VAERS data. Analysis of the VAERS pharmacovigilance database in the context of the COVID-19 injectable products has revealed strong emergent safety signals from myocarditis to death that are not being acknowledged by the owners of the data. This goes against standard operating procedures and begs the question, why are the injured being hidden? Fact, the Bradford Hill criteria are used to assess causality in epidemiological data, such as the VAERS pharmacovigilance system. Fact, the proportional reporting ratio is used to assess whether or not a particular adverse event is more commonly reported in the context of a particular drug. If the PRR is greater than one, a causal effect is indicated. Fact, the PRR calculation for death from VAERS in the context of the COVID-19 shots using current VAERS data is 3.6. Fact, the underreported number of deaths successfully filed to VAERS by January 20th, 2021 was 634. Based on historical guidelines, this was a sufficient, this was sufficient as a signal not only to prompt an investigation, but to shut down the rollout of the COVID-19 shots. Fact, in 1999, a rot rotavirus vaccine designed to prevent rotavirus gastroenteritis was pulled from the market due to an intussusception signal emanating from VAERS, which comprised 584 cases. Question, if 584 cases of intussusception were enough to prompt product removal, then why weren't 634 cases of death not enough to prompt COVID-19 product removal? Fact, the early death count was hidden. Fact, currently 1,615,998 reports of adverse events have been successfully filed to VAERS in the context of the COVID-19 injectable products, with a staggering 1,013,442 reports filed in 2021 alone when considering both the foreign and domestic data sets. The number of adverse events reported to the domestic VAERS data set for all vaccines combined has been on average 39,000 in total per year and has been very slowly and steadily increasing in direct proportion to the increasing number of vaccine products on the market. See slide one. In 2021, however, a 1,417% increase in reporting occurred, whereby 93% of these reports were in the context of the COVID-19 products. Fact, age is not deterministic for adverse event reporting. Since administration of the COVID-19 products to the zero to four age group commenced, the rate of adverse event reporting has been increasing faster than for any other age group. Fact. The argument that this spike protein, uh, the spike in reporting spike protein, this spike in reporting is due to increased shot administration is false. Slide two shows the comparison of the number of adverse events per million doses in the context of influenza vaccines and the COVID-19 injectable products in 2019 and 2021, respectively. On the left are the total adverse events, on the right are the deaths. The COVID-19 injectable products are associated with a 26 and a 100-fold increase in total adverse events and deaths, respectively, 
when compared per million doses with influenza vaccines in the same time frame. Fact, the Bradford Hill criterion reversibility is satisfied. When a drug is withdrawn, the side effects disappear. A strong correlation of R equals 0.8 and a high covariance exists between shot rollout data and myocarditis reports filed according to our world in data, new vaccination data and VAERS data respectively. As shot demand wanes, so do the myocarditis reports. See slide 3A. Fact, the Bradford Hill criterion specificity is satisfied. A very specific population at a specific site and disease is reported with no other likely explanation. Dose two is associated with a fourfold increase in reporting of myocarditis in 15-year-old boys. This indicates specificity with regard to age and gender. See slide 3B. Fact, the Bradford Hill criterion dose response is satisfied. Greater exposure leads to greater incidence of the effect. Following dose two, an increase in signal occurs. See slide 3B. Fact, myocarditis is not transient or mild. A new paper published by Rose et al. in the journal Therapeutic Advances in Drug Safety shows that myocarditis is associated with hospitalization in 76% of reports. There are seven more Bradford Hill criterion criteria that are satisfiable. That's a 10 out of 10 bingo. Conclusion. Standard operating procedures for analysis of safety signals emergent from VAERS when utilized reveal causal links between the COVID-19 injectable products and the adverse events investigated. Standard operating procedures are not being followed by the owners of the data, namely CDC, HHS, and FDA, and this equates to hiding the millions of people reporting not only adverse events but injuries in the context of the COVID-19 injectable products. Thank you. Dr. Rose, I'm not a doctor, so when you were talking about the instance associated with the rotavirus, what, what, what condition was that that you're comparing the, the deaths of the COVID vaccine to? Intussusception. It's, it's folding over of the bowel, so it's kind of directly like contradictory to the whole point of get, giving the product. And, uh, so you're going to serious adverse event, but not death. No, exactly. And so and there were how many of those instances? Uh, 600 and... Yeah, and, and right now we're up to almost 37,000 deaths worldwide with the COVID-19 vaccine. 24.4% of those are occurring on the day of vaccination within one or two days. Yep. And nothing to see here. Which is another Bradford Hill criteria temporality. Thank you all for attending. Okay. Um Wow. Uh, so the Bradford Hill criteria that she talks about is um, a system put in place where I believe there's nine different criteria, maybe 10, um, that you have to meet to get the um, vaccine or gene therapy, whatever it is, pulled off the market. And the COVID-19 vaccine hit every single one of those criteria, and it should have been pulled from the market before it was ever released unto the public. Um, so she's incredible. Dr. Jessica Rose, absolutely incredible information. Um, the last video in this um, part of my podcast, whatever, is Dr. Brett Weinstein. He is uh, He has a Dark Horse podcast, and he's talking about the present um, institutional crisis that we have going on here. Um, 
This one's not quite as long as the other ones, but. I believe we must zoom out if we are to understand the pattern that we are gathered here to explore, because the pattern is larger than federal health agencies and the COVID cartel. If we do zoom out and ask, what are they hiding? The answer becomes as obvious as it is disturbing. They are hiding everything. It will be jarring for many to hear a scientist speak with such certainty. It should be jarring. We are trained to present ideas with caution as hypotheses in need of a test. But in this case, I have tested the idea and I'm as certain of it as I am of anything. We are being systematically blinded. It is the only explanation I have encountered that will not only describe the present, but also in my experience predicts the future with all but perfect accuracy. The pattern is a simple one. You can see it clearly and test it yourself. Every single institution dedicated to public truth seeking is under simultaneous attack. They are all in a state of collapse. Every body of experts fails utterly. Individual experts who resist or worse in an attempt to return their institutions to sanity, they find themselves coerced into submission. If they won't buckle, they are marginalized or forced out. Those outside of the institutions who either seek truth alone or who build new institutions with a truth-seeking mission face merciless attacks on both their integrity and expertise, often by the very institutions whose mission they refuse to abandon. There is a saying in military circles, once is a mistake, twice is a coincidence, three times is enemy action. I have no doubt that given an hour, the people on this panel could point to a hundred examples of the pattern I have just described while finding even a handful of exceptions would pose a significant challenge. We are left in a fool's paradise. Our research universities spend huge sums of public money to reach preordained conclusions. Professors teach only lessons that are consistent with wisdom students have picked up on TikTok, even when those lessons contradict the foundational principles of their disciplines. Once proud newspapers like the New York Times and Washington Post only report important stories after they have become common knowledge. Morticians must now raise the alarm over patterns missed by medical examiners. The CDC has become an excellent guide to protecting your health, but only for people who realize you should do the opposite of whatever it advises. The courts, the last holdout in this ongoing inversion of reality, are now regularly used as a coercive weapon of elites against those who threaten them. We have literally witnessed the Department of Homeland Security attempt to set up a truth ministry and declare accurate critique of government as a kind of terrorism. To my fellow patriots in the West, the pattern is unmistakable. I cannot tell you with any certainty who they are or what they hope to accomplish, but I can tell you that we are being systematically denied the tools of enlightenment and the rights guaranteed in our constitution. We, those who remain dedicated to the values of the West must fight this battle courageously, and we must win. For if we do not stem the tide, the result will be a dark age that differs from prior dark ages only in the power and sophistication of the coercive instruments wielded by those who will rule us. I believe we must zoom out. Yikes. Um, <laughs> it, he's right, but that's just, it's not good. Um, if anyone hasn't noticed, uh, we are at war with our government, and there is uh, totalitarianism descending on America. Um, it's coming from every governmental three-letter agency 
that we have. Um, they're attacking us. Not physical. Well, I guess it would be physically, especially with these gene therapies. Um, we're not out there shooting our muskets at each other. No, but this is very sophisticated and it's very, very bad. Um, but I mean, that round table had great information, albeit scary information. Um, but my question is, what's going to be done about this? Like, and these people that are there talking and speaking and providing the data, providing the facts, they're not conspiracy theorists, tinfoil hat wearing anti-vaxxers. These are scientists, medical doctors. Like these are very smart and informed people who once prior thought vaccinations were good. Um, but I can't like, how do we, how do we fix this? How do we stop this? There are so many mRNA vaccines in the pipeline that they're going to force onto us, just like they did the COVID-19 um, gene therapy. How do we stop this? Um, like they just, like the mandates with healthcare workers and the military, they force this onto us. People either comply and inject themselves or they quit their jobs. And then we have to fight with lawyers to get our jobs back, to get a back pay, to get our lives back. But the damage is already done. Um, and that's just how they do it. So like, it's just a matter of time before the next thing rolls out. I don't know how to stop this. Um, and with the two people we have running for president right now, with Trump and Biden, I don't believe either of them are going to stop any of this. Our only hope now is uh, is RFK Jr. And I don't know if he's got enough uh, support to win. I don't know. But um, it, it's terrifying. Uh, all right. One thing I'd like to add about uh, the vaccines is the childhood vaccines. Um, this is from Dr. Brian Hooker. He has proof um, that all of us crazy anti-vaxxers have been right all along that the unvaccinated children are healthier than vaccinated children. This is a quick video. It's not as long. Sorry, I know there's a lot of videos today. Brian Hooker, and I am a vaccine safety scientist serving as a chief scientific officer of Children's Health Defense. The law was amended to essentially erect a liability shield protecting vaccine manufacturers, and the schedule expanded dramatically. By 2023, 73 doses of 16 different vaccine formulations were given to children up to age 18. The FDA approved these formulations individually only with minimal and inadequate safety testing, and the CDC has never tested the cumulative effect of the vaccine schedule on childhood health outcomes. However, independent researchers have assessed the outcomes of vaccinated versus unvaccinated children. This demonstrates that vaccinated children were at least twice as likely to be diagnosed with developmental delays, ear infections, and gastrointestinal disorders. The likelihood of an asthma diagnosis among the vaccinated group was 4.5 times higher than the unvaccinated group. For each of the autoimmune neurodevelopmental and other disorders considered the unvaccinated group fares much better with incidence rates between four and 20 times lower than their vaccinated counterparts. So again, we were right all along and vaccines do cause autism. They do. It's, it's not even disputable anymore. 
Um, I remember when I first met my husband, he thought I was a crazy anti-vax person. Um, and then there was a private showing of Vaxed 2 um, in Syracuse. And me and two of my girlfriends and their husbands went. And my husband sat there watching this uh, documentary. And he was very, very quiet. And then at the end, when the movie was over, there was um, parents of one of the children that had died. Um, and they were in the documentary. They stood up and you know thanked everyone, talked about their story in person. And there was not a dry eye in the room. And then then that opened up the conversation for me and my husband to start talking about vaccines. And, you know, he's, he's on board. Um, we don't even vaccinate our dogs. I know I've talked about that in a previous podcast. Um, you don't need them. And no child needs 76 vaccines from birth to 18 years of age. Just think of all the crap in those vaccines that you're injecting into your child and you don't think that's going to do any damage to your kid? Like just, this is just common sense. Injecting aluminum into a baby where the aluminum goes right to your brain, it obviously going to cause some neurological issues. Like I just want to scream it from the rooftops and people just don't, they don't want to hear it. You know, they're in denial. They don't want to hear it. Um, and they've made it basically impossible to live your life as a normal person without getting all these vaccines. You can't go to um, college. You know, you can't play sports because you're a scary, scary anti-vaccinated person and you're just going to make everyone sick, right? It's weird that the people that aren't vaccinated are extremely healthy. Um, all right. That was a lot of vaccine information. I do have more. Uh, real quick, Dr. Kat Lindy has an article out called A Host of Notable COVID-19 Vaccine Adverse Events Backed by Evidence. I'm just going to give you the bullet points real quick. Um, there was six pathways through which the spike protein can cause damage. One, immune dysregulation. Two, blood clotting and vascular damage. Three, mitochondrial dysfunction. Four, mast cell activation syndrome. Five, autoimmune reactions. And six, tissue damage through spike persistence. Um, all I have to say about this is this is crimes against humanity. It 100% is crimes against humanity. All right, moving right along, because boy, I hope this doesn't go over an hour, but I'm going to try to burn through the rest of this. So uh, still on the healthcare topic, but not vaccines. Um, this topic is increasingly getting more concerning as we are now um, as we're now seeing this issue in the airline industry. DEI, or I like to say die, because that's exactly what DEI brings is death. Um, so DEI in medicine, this threat is from Ben Shapiro. Um, DEI in medicine means that even if doctors injure patients, they might still be protected, even promoted. It means that top hospitals are abandoning key metrics when hiring surgeons, and it means research by whites may be disregarded. Here's what he's found. Sources tell me uh, Wake Forest Medical School is about to graduate Kaishel Del Rosario, the med student who injured a conservative patient and bragged about it. Wake Forest allowed Rosario to lay low and take a voluntary leave of absence when this scandal broke. Um, I am also told that UPenn Health has hired Ewan Liu, Del Rosario's classmate, who said it seemed karmatic karmatic when she injured the patient who mocked her pronoun pin. Wake Forest showered Lou with awards for her excellence in patient care, and she now focuses on LGBTQ plus health. 
Both UPenn and Lou's medical school, Wake Forest, have attempted to hide Lou's hiring. Wake Forest didn't list Lou's hospital and graduation materials, and UPenn doesn't list Lou's medical school on its website. This is the norm in medicine. Meet award-winning Duke surgical resident Vinesh Rahman. At an internal DEI lecture, Rahman says his, quote, heart sinks when he has patients who watch Fox News or wear MAGA hats. Then he celebrates having a majority non-white population to treat. Rahman adds that post-George Floyd, Duke, Duke made a concerted effort to stop hiring so many walls of white men. He says the team is now abandoning all sorts of metrics and adopting a completely holistic application practice in order to recruit more women and non-white surgeons. Rahman also tweeted that he won't amplify medical literature involving only white men because it's not as if white men have ever advanced medicine or anything. Vinash Rahman is just one example of a much larger trend. The American College of Surgeons, or ACS, recently gave its 88,000 members a definition of racism that implies it's impossible to be racist against white people. The ACS also invited Madeline B. Torres to explain to its members that when patients see physicians who look like them, they tend to do better. She also says grants and awards are being distributed to surgeons on the basis of minority status. This is now the prevailing view in surgical medicine. At a recent conference on DEI at UPenn, where Ewan Liu now works, one surgeon says that it's off-putting that so many surgeons are white men. The doctors also state that surgery needs something like the NFL's Rooney Rule, which requires that teams interview minority candidates. But the doctors say surgery needs an expanded version that goes further and ensures that minority candidates are selected. It's bad enough when teachers or government bureaucrats talk like this, but valuing intersectionality over merit can literally mean life or death in surgery. According to a recent John Hobbs, blah, sorry, according to a recent Johns Hopkins study, medical error is the third leading cause of death in the United States. The only thing physicians should care about is competence. Anything else will get people killed. So he is, of course, absolutely correct on this subject. Um, this is definitely not going to help rebuild the trust back in the healthcare system at all. This wokeification is extremely dangerous, especially when we have med students using AI to pass their board or you know their boards, their tests, and write their papers. I've literally seen it firsthand. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I want a doctor who's hired based on merit and qualifications, their performance and their experience, not on the color of their skin or what gender they are. But I'm just going to tell you, if a surgeon comes to introduce themselves to me and they are confused about what gender they are or think people can change their genders, that's going to be a no for me. Um, so this goes for the airline system too. They're, they're implementing this DEI stuff everywhere. Like, everywhere. Well, except in Florida, but everywhere. And it's extremely dangerous. And DEI is legally and morally wrong, and it endangers the lives of every American. If anyone's paying attention to how many planes are having issues, it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Doors are flying off. Wings are flying off. Um, there was just a plane that had to make an emergency landing here in Syracuse because of an engine issue. Like, there's always been little issues here and there, but there has been just 
a wide range of serious issues with these planes. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not flying anytime soon. But, you know, this goes for colleges and stuff too. Like the, I got a cute little kid in my department. He's trying to get into med school and he's brilliant, super, super smart, great kid, hard worker, but he's a white man. Can't get into med school. Can't get in med school. He's got the grades. He's got the smarts. He's worked in healthcare. He's a great kid, but he's white and he's a man. So he's basically screwed. Um, it's very sad. Very, very sad. Okay. Moving on to more sad information, unfortunately. Um, has anyone noticed that we have an illegal alien problem in this country? Uh, Lake and Riley, a nursing student in Georgia, was just brutally murdered by an illegal from Venezuela when she was out for a run. I suggest you carry a pistol or some sort of firearm with you if you're going to run by yourself. You need to have protection. Um, the illegal had recently been arrested in New York and then released. Surprise, surprise. Um, there's also just recently been Kayla Hamilton and Lizbeth Medina who've been murdered by illegal aliens, plus many, many, many more. Um, I watched a video of this mother and daughter. They got mowed down in a vehicle. Well, so they were walking across the road coming from a concert and this, this guy, an illegal in a vehicle swerved around one car and he, they just disappeared. He mowed them down. He just, and they just disappeared under his vehicle and he just kept going and they were killed instantly. Um, he, the judge let that guy out on $20,000 bail and back out into the street. Um, we've got a big problem. We've got a big problem. Uh, two others that I just want to mention. This is, it's not just the murders. It's, ugh. all right. ICE in Boston arrested a Guatemalan illegal alien convicted of sexually assaulting a child under the age of 14, who they say was released from custody without notice by the Gloucester District Court after they ignored ICE's detainer request. ICE says he was convicted of the sexual assault in January and was ordered to register as a sex offender, but the logical jurisdiction or the local jurisdiction still refused to honor ICE's detainer and release the child sex predator back into the community. Um, another one, authorities in Virginia are vowing to seek justice after Venezuelan migrant in the country illegally was charged with sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl. Renzo Mendoza Montez, 32, was arrested last week on two felony charges for sexually assaulting an underage child. Um, and this just goes on and on and on. Um, it's sick. The combination of our open border, sanctuary cities, and our corrupt DAs and judges that just let these people back out onto the street, it, it's deadly. It's absolutely deadly. And both sides... The Republicans and the Democrats are responsible for this. Um, obviously, Biden is hugely responsible for the open border, but the House has been under Republican leadership for over a year, and they've done absolutely nothing. Um, so what do we do about this? Like, what do we do about this? Um, I, you need to protect yourself because the government isn't going to do shit. Um, they're not going to stop this. They're not going to fix it. It's just going to keep happening. We're being overrun. We're being invaded by these illegal aliens that are coming here and they're raping people, raping children, killing people, sex trafficking, bringing in drugs. And like New York City is handing them $10,000 debit cards and iPhones and free places to stay. Like, get the fuck out of here. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. Um, 
And like I said, I don't know what's going to How do we fix this? How do we stop this insanity? And the insanity is coming to us from every angle, every angle. If you have not figured out that this is on purpose by now, then I don't know what to tell you. Like you've just got your head so far up your ass that you just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Um, it's very discouraging, very scary. That's why I live out in the country. <laughs> Um, good gracious. All right. So headlines. I'm just go- sorry. I need to move things along here. Talking a lot. Um, all right. South Carolina rep Josiah Magnuson introduced bill H4907, which would bar all mandates of products that are exempt from liability, which is vaccines. So that's some good news. All right. Making some progress here. Good news. West Virginia passed a bill in the House which will allow religious exemptions for vaccines. More good news. All right. Perfect. We like good news, right? (laughs) Um, Mainstream media has released eclipse tips. Um, I know the eclipse is coming up. I would Google it, but um, as my friend Melissa at work says, I'm the worst Googler ever, so I'm not even going to try. But the eclipse is coming up, Um, and the mainstream media has released these tips that you need for the eclipse, I okay. Ensure you have a full tank of gas for the eclipse. Stock up on groceries because of the eclipse. Um, have alternate communications. So was the AT and T thingy going down a couple weeks ago like a taste of the eclipse knocking out our cell service? <laughs> I don't know. Um, schedule errands and appointments early. Have a communication plan with family and friends. Um, Have cash on hand and expect heavy traffic and long lines for local services. Is the eclipse really that big? Like, are people going to be coming from all over the country to certain key areas to like witness the eclipse? I, I I don't know. I I guess I don't know enough about the eclipse, but this just seems very odd to me. Does it not seem odd to you guys? Um, all right. A member of the Air Force, Aaron Bushnell, lit himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in D.C. to protest the Israel-Palestine war. And it's not Palestine. It's Hamas. Um, He had pronouns in his bio and was involved with Antifa. He also worked with far-left extremist groups. Um, First of all, this filth should not have been in our military to begin with, um, I guess he was just like a software engineer or something. He didn't like, wasn't on the front lines, but still, these types of people should not be in our military. And the fact that they are allowed in, and this didn't raise any red flags, is quite scary. You hear all those people say, the military is going to turn on us, blah, 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 blah. Um, with people like that in our military, that's believable. That's 100% believable. Then you have people like my husband who would not do that. But they're in there, and that's terrifying. Um, So that's not a super comforting thought. Um, All right. Cockroach milk. Um, Just when you thought things couldn't get any weirder. Um, Cockroach milk is coming. It says... (laughs) Food shortages are expected, this study says. The importance of the identification of protein sequences, like that of cockroach milk, can hardly be overestimated. 
Research into new nutritional strategies will contribute significantly to overcoming food shortages that are expected to arise during the lifetime of generations to come. So everyone run out and get your cockroach milk. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. I, no, not happening. Um, I do raw milk from cows and, um, yeah, I'm not doing no cockroach milk. Nope. All right. This is kind of a funny story, but also quite sad. Uh, so this there there's a Trump supporter. I'm just going to read this to you. <laughs> so this woman who's clearly a Trump supporter, and I think she works for um, she works for the campaign, or she's from South Carolina. This was during the South Carolina primaries. This girl says this was the most amazing thing I have ever seen. This woman broke her hip in the parking lot on Saturday while trying to vote for her candidate, Donald J. Trump, in the South Carolina Republican Party primary elections. How do I know? I was there. We immediately ran to her aid, myself and a local teacher and a USC student. She confirmed that she could not move her leg and began to weep. A nurse who was there to vote saw the ordeal and ran to her aid. Once she determined that it was in fact a broken hip, we called an ambulance. I'm going to pause right there. You are not going to be able to tell if that hip is broken or not without an x-ray. Okay, I'm going to keep going. The woman said, I have to vote. I have to vote for Trump. So we got to the curbside. Vo- so we got the curbside voting team to bring the voting machine into the parking lot and put it on the ground in front of her and she cast her vote. I am so awestruck by her. She is a symbol of American exceptionalism a blazing beacon of what the spirit of America looks like. She broke her hip, and though she could not stand up, she still showed up to speak up and to fight to preserve her republic. South Carolinans, fellow Americans, if the people that we choose to govern and make laws are not this important to us, then we will lose this amazing gift that God has given us, the American form of republic. And she goes, on and on and on and on and on. Um, This is just crazy. Um, first of all, is it legal to bring a voting machine out into the parking lot? I, I don't think you could do that. Um, maybe you can. I don't know. But this is cult-like behavior. This woman broke her hip. She needs to go to the hospital. Not lay, like there's literally a picture of her just like laying down in the parking lot. And come on, people. Are we serious right now? Are we serious? Um, so I just wanted to give that little update from the crazy, crazy Trump cultists. Um, good gracious. All right. New York AG Letitia James, crazy, crazy lady. She is suing JBS Foods USA, the world's largest beef producer, because they're because she says cows are the largest contributor to climate change and endangering our planet. You are a complete fucking moron if you think cows are causing climate change and endangering our planet. Like, how many private jets does Letitia James fly on uh, like a weekly basis? Like, get out of here. Cows are not the problem. Leave the poor cows alone. Leave the cows alone. Um, all right. Lastly, but certainly not least, um, an investigative journalist for The Blaze, Steve Baker, was forced to turn himself into the FBI on Friday morning for reporting on the January 6th incident. Um, he was 
at the Capitol on January 6th, but as a reporter with press credentials. Um, I'm just going to read you this. So the FBI has arrested Blaze Media investigative journalist Steve Baker on four misdemeanor charges, not even felonies. These are misdemeanors. One, knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without lawful authority. He had lawful authority to be there. He's a freaking journalist. Um, Two, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds. Didn't happen. He is on video the entire time. They have the video proof. He did nothing of the sort. Um, Disorderly conduct in a Capitol building also didn't happen. And parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. He was not in MAGA gear. He he doesn't support Donald Trump. He doesn't like Donald Trump. He doesn't like um, Joe Biden either. He's a um, he's an independent and he's a libertarian. He was there to report the news. He was there as a journalist, and they have just <sighs> boy, they are rocking this poor guy's world. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. They handcuffed him and shackled his feet, like. They had his handcuffs strapped to the belt around his waist and had shackles on his feet for misdemeanors, for supposedly parading in the Capitol. Um, uh, Wow. Um, So because he was trying to tell the truth about what really happened, and he even reported on violent protesters that he says should be in jail. So he wasn't, he has no bias in this entire scenario. He's reporting the truth and that's it. And these are just bogus charges. They're, they're absolutely bogus. But our judicial system, the DOJ, just they're, the FBI, they all need to be disbanded. Um, the FBI literally exists to harass Americans at this point. It's, it's freaking crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, So I'm going to finish up here. I'm going to leave you with one video here, and it's uh, my favorite podcaster, Shannon Joy, on the Steve Day Show. And she's there's talking about um, Trump and the FBI and what has happened, what's going to happen. And Shannon just lets loose. And she is my spirit animal. This is just 100% how I feel, too. And let's not forget that Chris Ray, the head of the FBI, was appointed by Trump himself. Um, so I'm going to play this video for you, and then I'll wrap things up. Um, last video of the day, guys. All right, hold on. Because a handful of guys are convinced that uh, their pensions might be on the line. If we shut down the government, they might lose their elections. They're more important than you. Frankly... Donald Trump's not even asking them to defund Jack Smith, which just blows my mind. I, that, that, just, that, that absolutely blows my mind. Donald Trump's not even saying, defund this. Don't let him do this. He's not, he's not even saying it. But here's the thing. And this is, again, the trap. If we let these other people win, more people are going to go to jail like Catherine Herridge and our colleague Steve Baker are doing today, like pro-life protesters did. These, these are tangible, real-world results we cannot ignore. Can we ignore this? No. As, as, as I've got 57 problems with Donald Trump. Would his Department of Justice have our colleague Steve Baker 
doing a perp walk today? Not. Probably not. And so we will all rush out. It probably won't matter anyway. They probably won't win because the Democrats have a, it appears to be an impenetrable uh, <clears throat> turnout operation, we'll call it. So we'll, we, we will hold our noses, mask up politically, Listen in. and do it all over again. And it won't work anyway. It probably won't work anyway. Okay. It won't work. But 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 we feel like we have to because we can't afford the short-term consequences of this infection. So we'll just take another booster, take another GOP booster, take another one. Trump's not gonna help anyone. I, I don't know why anyone think would think that Trump would do anything. Trump had the opportunity to pardon J6 prisoners and he never did it. Trump did not lift a finger for J6 prisoners. Trump did nothing for them after they are arrested on his behalf at Capitol Hill. So to think that he would do anything is crazy. And yeah, I, I agree. I tend to agree with you. The argument the argument against that is, well, now that he's in the crosshairs, you know. BS. Yeah. But BS. I, 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 this, whole thing, this whole thing is an irrelevant argument anyway, because it probably, none of this will matter 249 days from now. Because There's of their- What you can do in 249 days besides obsessing over Trump there's a lot conservative media could do over the next. They could. Over the next one they, they won't. Days they won't. To really make changes yeah, rather they, than letting him drive everything, the agenda, the conversation, everything. Sorry, I'm just saying. No. Well, I've said it many times myself, but it, yeah. it won't happen. So we're just. Well, they should start. You're urinating into wind, but I, well, I'm feeling you. The writing right up on uh, right wing news media platforms. They they better understand in in the bigger platforms, Fox News, you know, Daily Wire. That they are completely separated from the American people right now. They are talking about nothing that is important to the American people. There was an incredibly important hearing that happened after CPAC on Monday of this week that no one covered, no one cared about. And they didn't cover medical freedom at CPAC because Donald Trump is the nominee and the leader of the party. And you cannot talk about 1.5 million injured people from the COVID vaccines. Can't talk about V-safe data. Can't talk about anything that matters to the American people in conservative media because Trump dominates everything because they think that they're going to get money from this. Somehow he's going to deliver for them and sell the sneakers and sell the shoes and all of that BS. And that's why people aren't going back because they're not talking about the things people want to hear about anymore. They're talking about Trump ad nauseum and he's betrayed us and, and them over and over and over. I can't believe we're still giving this guy oxygen. I'm sorry. It's a joke. Because a handful of got. Oh, preach it, Shannon. Preach it. Um, agreed. I am so sick of hearing this Trump worship. Trump's going to save us. Trump this, Trump that. He's a fraud. He sold us out. He unleashed this bullshit on us, locked us down. It started with him. And Anyone who says differently is just is just fucking lying to you. Just it, it's straight up lying to you. Um, again, I don't know what to do about it. We had DeSantis. We passed him up for the freaking orange Jesus. And maybe Bobby Kennedy is our only hope because we're not going to get anywhere with this stuff with Trump and with Biden, you know, as our as our president. Ugh, um. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I'm praying for a miracle. But um, what she was talking about, the American people moving away from 
these con ink people like the blaze um which i only watched steve dace on the blaze um because the rest of them were banging the banging the drum for trump throughout the primary um their viewership is down about 60 percent. the daily wire same thing just trump this trump that everything's trump um, their viewership is down like 76, 75%. Fox News is down. All these so-called right-wing conservative uh, platforms are down. Breitbart's down. Everyone's sick of this. We don't want this Trump is our savior bullshit anymore. We want action. We want results. We want this shit fixed. We want the border closed. We want the vaccines pulled. We want these three-letter agencies to stop running and ruining our lives. Like, We've got to stand up. I guess the grassroots is going to have to rally together and stand up because no one in politics is going to do anything for us. Not a single person in politics is going to do anything for us unless you live in Florida. Freaking Ron DeSantis just fired all the DEI hires, all of them. Like he actually gets results. He's unleashing the Epstein files. Um, he just signed the bill the other day, um, lowering the gun. Um, the age to be able to buy a gun. What else has he just done lately? That that man is just racking up wins over and over and over. But no, but no, we had to go with Trump, who comes with so much baggage, is going to be in court all year long. And then as soon if even if he does win the presidency, which he won't, because the Democrats, they rally their base like no other, like no other. Um, he's going to be impeached like the first day. He's going to be in office and they're going to file an impeachment against him. And it's going to be a three ring friggin circus and nothing's going to get done. Because if you remember, Donald Trump ruled by executive order. He didn't get any legislation passed. He ruled by executive order. And the first day that Biden got in there, he negated everything that Trump did. Anything good that Trump did, Biden negated on the very first day. Because all he did was sign executive orders. You can't rule by executive orders. You need the legislation to be passed. Um, and at one point, we had the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and he did shit. He did absolute shit for us. Um, all right, enough bitching. Um, so that pretty much wraps it up for today, guys. Um, sorry about that. Got a little off on a tangent and uh, started bitching about Trump. But we can't depend on him to fix this stuff. One, he's not going to win. And two, when he gets in there, it's going to be an absolute shit show. It's it's just going to be a shit show. Um, Could have had better. Could have had better if people would have listened to people like me and elected freaking Ron DeSantis. But no. But no. All right. I'm um, going to talk about sponsors today, uh, Shellshock CBD. I just ordered new CBD gummies for my old man, Dillinger, who's 12. Um, they help his joints a ton. I still use the Rackout gummies for sleep because, oh my gosh, it is the best sleep I've ever had. Um, I just take one every night, probably about a half hour before I go to bed. I drift off to La La Land and wake up feeling fantastic. Highly recommend. Um, so give them your business. You should go buy some stuff from them. They got great stuff. Um, energy drinks without all the bullshit in them. What else do they got? Um, vapes. If you don't want to do gummies, they have vapes. Um, just great stuff for relaxation. They have THC and CBD stuff. And it's veteran owned out of Texas. Um, does anyone hear that Texas is turning blue this year? 
don't know. I think it might be a possibility. They have some pretty uh, wokey people down there. And um, they had the worst vaccine mandates, like worse than some blue states. Pretty crazy. Um, thought Texas was supposed to be the beacon of freedom. Not so much anymore. Um, all right. That does it for today, guys. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend and even better week ahead. And that's it. Like, comment, share, all that kind of stuff. And this has been The Next Generation.